Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Well, make it so, number one. What? These aren't the droids we're looking for. In an insane world, it was the same as Joyce. Silencio Bruno. And my axe. Hey, fellas. Either one of you know where the Smithsonian is? I'm here to pick up a fossil. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Geeks out on Joy 94.9. You're going to need a bigger boat. Our next guests have cost us many nights of sleep. We're delighted to be blighted with their company. They are brutal, beastly, blood-curdling Swanthula and Drakmorta, the Boule brothers. Thank you for darkening our doorway here at Geeks Out. You are very welcome. Thank you so and much for having Boule. us. <laughs> oh, is that, is that what I said? Did I say Boule <laughs> instead? Oh, <laughs> See, that's the thing. I knew that. Boule, like a ghost. Boo. Boule. See, I knew that, but I was like saying, don't say bullet. Don't say bullet. Don't say bullet. <laughs> it, it happens. I'm good at English. It <laughs> Okay, so we're four episodes into the latest season, and yes. we've been following the action blow by bloody blow. Mm. For those who are late to the party, what's Dragula all about? Well, it's a drag competition, first and foremost, um, but it's a drag competition that celebrates drag more in its, I would say, uh, original form. So it's a little more adult than what people might be used to, and it's a little more punk and political and wild and, um, yeah, maybe something more akin that you'd see in, like, a crazy nightclub than what you would see on, like, ABC TV. Absolutely. And it celebrates the tenets of drag, filth, horror, and glamour, and it's very much uh it, it kind of celebrates the dark side of queer culture i mean i do get a bit of john waters out of this series as well oh yes yeah um and it's a very inclusive experience dragula as well there's uh from what i hear of the discourse there's some conversation about drag being predominantly for cis gay men and whether that should be more inclusive you do have a trans woman and a cis woman on the show, Bitter Betty and Sigourney Beaver. Mm-hmm. Why do you, like, what do you think about this conversation? Obviously you think inclusion is important, but I know what's your stance on this? It's not so much that inclusion is important as much as it is that, that, you know, in the origins of drag, all queer people could partake in the art of drag. And it's only that, you know, a certain company sort of had to, um, I would say whitewash the art of drag to make it palatable to broad audiences that it became about, Hey, it's for cis men, you know, dressing up as women. And so that's just something that sort of had to be done to be like, well, I don't know if TV audiences are going to be okay with, with, you know, all this craziness. So let's make drag as simple and as safe and as whitewashed as it can be. And so I think that's why so many people believe that drag is for men when it is in fact not. So this is a deliberate move away from pandering exclusively to a normative cisgender audience. 
It's um, subs- I would say yes, but I would also say that like the the queer world, like we, we come from a world of nightlife and, and making, you know, creating nightlife events and producing those kind of events for years. And when you look at a nightlife experience and you look at the queer perspective, the queer perspective is represented by tons of different type of people. You know, there are cis men, cis women, trans men and women, like non-binary people. And, and that's, that's like the reality of the experience. So we wanted to create a show that celebrated all of those uh, people that contribute to the community and reflected the community as it really is not just a, a you know thin white young men absolutely now the other big thing are monsters you know monsters are, are, are the name of the game here what do you think it is about monster culture that really runs parallel with queer culture why do we see ourselves in monsters well i don't think there really is a monster culture per se <laughs> Until we came along, right? I don't think anyone identified as a monster before. Yeah, monster culture. But but what I will say is maybe more what you're referring to is why do queer people um, find familiarity with with monsters on movies and TV, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that is very obvious. You know, there's so much queer content in the origins of horror when you go back to uh black and white movies and like the universal monsters let's say right you Mm -hmm. know james whale who was an openly gay director who made those movies a lot of those movies at least um he couldn't obviously put queer content in these movies because they were you know no one favored that sort of content yeah and And so um he found ways to sort of show what the queer experience was like through these monsters. If you watch these movies with a different, you know, with a different perspective, you'll see, you know, how queer people could easily relate to these monsters who were misunderstood and hated by society and all these sorts of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, One thing I love about the show as I, I watched it for the first time this last week, you know, binging season four, and I'm absolutely blown away by it. I, I hate that I didn't find this sooner. When you're judging a panel, you say that you don't judge the contestants drag because drag is art and art is subjective. What is the criteria on which you base their work? I think it's clearly stated as it's being judged uh, in relation to the challenge at hand. So for example, in, in the second episode, it's a Nosferatu beach party. We wanted to throw back to those beach blanket parties of the sixties uh, and that kind of era mixed with the idea of like this, you know, creature of the night, a, a vampire. So we want, we want the artists to take what they do and use the, those challenges as sort of like the filter that they put their art through to see how successfully they do it. And you see a huge array from like Hoso Teratoma's like aesthetic um, to Sigourney Beaver's aesthetic, extremely different, but they, they're able to adapt to the parameters of the challenge and they do it very well. And so we just judge them on like that sort of sliding scale. Can you take your art? Can you take your drag and morph it to this challenge? Yeah. It's using your skills to rise to the occasion. It's not, you know, how do you judge someone, 
you know, these, these competitors whose art is so different, you have like really trashy, funny <laughs> drag artists, and then you have really edgy, like fashionable drag artists and it's everything in between. So you can't really have them compete against each other directly. Cause it wouldn't make any sense. How would you judge something like that? But you can say, Hey, I need you to take your skills and your style and show me a rock and roll show. How do you do that? And how successful are you at it? And so that's really what the criteria is. Now we actually did have the monsters of rock episode uh drop this week there's one in every season like what's the appeal i mean for me it's it's sort of like uh when i was coming up uh coming out and growing up like there were there were definitely places that would play like rock and industrial music and and even that was you know as a queer person it wasn't about like vocal house music in the top 40 like it just wasn't what I was into. It wasn't my experience at all. So we kind of wanted to represent something that wasn't represented, um, and which is like kind of like queers that are into metal and rock and like death music. And it just kind of goes right with the Dragula aesthetic. It's also perfectly put to be a team challenge, right? So when you get down to even numbers of the competitors, it's the perfect time to make them do a team challenge and see how they do. So it, I, I feel like it's a moment that really defines who's going to continue on in the competition. It's like a make it or break moment for sure. Yeah, definitely. Have you ever had Rob Zombie come up and be like, hey, same name? No. That, that needs to happen. <laughs> it seriously needs to happen. If you say. <laughs> I, Jack and I have our have differences of opinions about Rob Zombie. I like Rob Zombie quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he does seem very divisive. Now, I've been told some folks call you the Boulay Mothers. Do you feel this is accurate? And if so, have you ever been tempted to devour your young? Oh, you beat us to the, that, that's what I like to say, that that's my response <laughs> to like, do you guys have any like drag daughters or drag children? And I'm like, absolutely not. Um, they try to suck your life and your power. Like we're, we're far too focused on what we're creating and we choose to devour our young. Yeah, I've actually never heard that before. I didn't know that anyone referred to us in that way. <laughs> I kind of like it, honestly, but not in a way that we actually have drag children. I think that like our energy, even though we're dark and all of these challenges are, you know, twisted machinations from our own our own imagination we are caring like we we do kind of nurture our competitors even beyond the show like you know years later we still have pretty good relationships with a lot of the people that have been on previous seasons and some who keep coming back they yes, sure they do. do well that's something that we that's part of you know we're fans of the people that we cast on the show so we don't want to bring them on for a season and sort of you know have them have their run and then you never see them again. I'm like, we're building stars here. And just like other TV shows, why not continue to use them? Like why build up a star and then get rid of them after that season and might as well keep them around and, and see what's in another, you know, under another layer there, because you know, you can see how people did the people that were on resurrection obviously had already been on the show and you only saw so much of them in a competition setting. But when we went to their house and we started to see what their real lives about, you saw a whole different side to them. So I think there's a lot of opportunities to see our competitors in different ways. And we're interested in doing that. I mean, there is a real love there that has to go beyond the masochism because one thing that surprised me more than a drag pageant slathered in blood you have some real pants shittingly terrifying challenges for these contestants. Well, uh, show business is hard. Life and is hard. Yeah, life <laughs> is hard. And, you know, if you want to get ahead, sometimes you have to do crazy things. Okay. You've done this for four seasons now. 
has there been a moment where you thought, oh, shit, I might have taken things too far? I mean, every every episode that happens, someone on the crew inadvertently is like, oh, my God, why are you making them do? And I'm like, you know, it's it, the reason why is because everyone's scared of something different. Right. Like one person might be like, I don't care. You can give me a tattoo tomorrow. I don't just doesn't bother me. Another person will be like, you let them jump out of a plane for free. I had to pay, you know, a couple hundred dollars to do that. So it's like everybody has different things that scare them. So, yes, every episode, someone on the crew is scared of whatever it is that episode <laughs> throws a tantrum about it. Honestly, filming the show can sometimes be our version of an extermination challenge. Like we go through a lot of uh toil i think to like set some of these crazy situations up yeah setting setting up the skydiving was harder than doing the skydiving i'm like <laughs> all you had to do was fall out of a plane and in fact you didn't even have to do that you were attached to someone who just jumped you just had to close your eyes See, for some people the worst terror is actually getting up on stage and performing rather than doing these horrifying challenges being buried alive being covered in spiders whatever yeah well, I'll tell you that organizing the insurance and paperwork to do some of these things is much more terrifying than doing that. <laughs> so, it is it a lot longer, months of it? <laughs> is it better to die on stage or to die being chased through a forest by a madman with an axe? That is a very weird question, but my gut tells me stage. <laughs> well, yeah, it depends on how you were dying on stage. You didn't specify that. Like, uh, does yeah, the that... lamp fall on you, or do you just peacefully die? Is it like, no, is it like a dramatic, like, uh, you know, a performance? Like you kill yourself? Yeah, like Black Swan. <laughs> if the audience well, doesn't know. react at all. Like, you, I mean, I guess if you took some slow-acting pills, it would be more peaceful than getting stabbed by an axe murderer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is an odd question, but uh, I don't know. I can't think of, of Come on, one Miranda. More what's fun. with these questions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be weird for you guys. Trying to fit in. <laughs> uh, I do think that's all the time we have. Swanthula and Drak Morda, I say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for joining us. I'll see you in my nightmares. Oh, oh, thank you for having us. Yes, it was a pleasure. We'll see you there. Season four of the Boulay Brothers Dragula is streaming now on Shudder with new episodes dropping every Monday. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.